What's up, guys? Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And today we are going to be talking about the SDE method. This is the five pillar method, the five steps that you need to take to reshape your health. Something we've actually taken a little time off from this to build out a little better for our clients as far as creating guidelines for it. So first, if you're a new listener, two main things we hit on in this podcast, health and fitness and business. On the business side of things, we offer a unique perspective. We are not at the top of the food chain by any means, but we have seen a lot of success. We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro. Uh, Fit Coach Pro is a software release to other coaches that allows them to manage their clients, measure things like biofeedback, and just create a more customizable experience on that end of things. SD Evolution is similar to this podcast where we actually work one-to-one with clients in creating a situation where they're learning about their health and things that work best for them. And a lot of the things we're going to talk about today are in that SDE method. Um, We also do things like uh, we have an MMC app for training and nutrition app on the other side, Mindful Macros Collective, Mindful Movement Collective. So just some little things in the health and fitness field to help you take that next level to get some accountability in your health and your lifestyle and just getting that fitness back and working back into your prime. So So, if you're a new listener, on top of that, continue listening, (laughs) but also if you have not yet, leave us a review so you can review on both Apple and Spotify and on YouTube. We occasionally put episodes on there, but we also have a vlog channel, so subscribe to either of those. But Returning listeners, same kind of deal. If you have not yet, please leave that review. Share us. Help us grow this thing. We do this for free. There's no sponsors on this podcast. We're just trying to reach people who aren't currently working with us and teach you guys how to do things the right way you know, in all aspects of your life. So there are bits and pieces of this, whether you're working for somebody else, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, even if you're listening to the health and fitness stuff, all these principles kind of parlay in all other areas of our lives. So we're just trying to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, give you some tools to build and to improve on any area that you see fit. And, you know, any little thing you can pull from this is going to be a plus. So that is what we're all about. But let's kind of dive into the fun stuff. This is something that we really haven't shifted our perspective over the course. I mean, little shifts have happened, obviously, but like the main components of our process haven't really changed. It's always been about overall health. We don't do the quick fixes. We were about doing things the right way, the sustainable way, something you can maintain for that longer term. But we have taken these last few months to really clarify what it is we're all about. And then we built the SDE method from those things. Yeah, it's been honestly really fun and a little bit, I would say even like a little scary at first, like before we even decided on these pillars and what this method is and like just how it all came about we we could feel a shift I would say coming on and I don't want to say things were were stale because they weren't the things that we were focusing on still were really important but we really just streamlined and clarified what exactly our clients need to do to obviously get the results that they want regardless of what their goals are but also what they need to do to feel good in this life and these are practices and things that we ourselves focus on day in and day out i want to take one step back real quick before we even dive into what we're talking about but this all really came about like you mentioned it's not that things went stale but as the economy kind of shifted the market kind of turned we stopped growing at an exponential rate um you know, business has definitely taken a, a decent size hit over the past six months or so. 
And it really made us step back and look at what we were doing. So we talk about making the best of each situation. We talk about learning from not necessarily mistakes, but you just continue learning and evolving over time. And you take these speed bumps as opportunities to reevaluate, reevaluate yourself. So I would say this step back really forced us to take two steps forward and figure out, okay, what is it that we do specifically? What is it that we do different? What are we focusing on? We talk about the same things, but it's not necessarily sexy in the way that we talk about them because it's, it's doing things the right way. You know, the, the things that get the views on Instagram and YouTube, they're new cutting edge methods that really don't work, but they're sexy to talk about as far as, you know, any, anything you can do that says you can't eat X, Y, or Z, or you must train in this specific way because you haven't been seeing results. This is a way to fix all those problems. That's just, that's not the case in real life. There are so many different ways to get to the same end result. And the non-sexy answer is we have to talk to you. We have to work with you. We have to figure out what your lifestyle looks like to understand what methods are going to make the most sense. What we've done with the SDE method is take what I just said and build a, a model around that. So these are the pillars. These are the things we need to work to. How do you do that with your lifestyle? And we wouldn't have gotten to this point if we didn't have to take a step back because the last year we were growing so fast, there was no time to change anything. It was just manage clients, onboard clients, hire more, coach, more, more coaches, and make sure things are going seamlessly um, in the actual process itself. So as things slowed down, we kind of settled into a rhythm and we stepped back and said, okay, how can we do better? What can we do to grow? So if you guys are in a similar situation with your work or anything at home or any kind of aspect of your life where you feel like you're either in a rut or you're in a speed bump or things are going backwards, ask yourself why. What are some things you can do better? What are some things you can place an added focus on to take two more steps forward that you wouldn't have otherwise done? You wouldn't have reflected on if that certain situation didn't happen. Absolutely. So let's sort of dive into what these pillars are and what the SDE method is and Two out of five, I would say, are things that you guys have heard us talk about a lot. I, well, honestly, all five we've talked about a lot. But two out of five are things that you hear about two most often ones. from any fitness source is training and nutrition. And Josh says this all the time, but the training and nutrition sides of it are the easy sides. That That is a clear picture of what you need to do. It's the other three that sort of – those are what we see clients really struggle with, and those are really – what is either holding you back or propelling you forward towards your training and nutrition goals. But let's talk about why that's the easy part and then kind of just do a quick summary of what those two things are. So training nutrition, we consider the easy part because we all have a decent idea of what we should be doing in the kitchen, what we should be doing in the gym. Whether or not it's perfect, we'll kind of talk about that in a minute, but you know you should be eating primarily whole foods. You know you shouldn't be overeating all the time. You know you should be enjoying in moderation. On the training side of things, whether you're training two, three, four, five, six days a week, you know you should be following a progressive overload routine. You should be progressing over time is essentially what that means. Um, and you should be moving consistently. So getting those workouts in, getting your heart rate up, and just forcing adaptation through the gym. So we know we should be doing those things. And then we take a step back in those areas when we have you know, no plan in front of us, we have no idea what we want to do, and we just kind of let work and stress take over, we eat like crap, we just don't feel great. We're not going to the gym. We're not doing any type of activity aside from walking to our car to drive to work. So those are the two easy things to give you some quick concepts on what to focus on in those areas because we're not, we talk about this all the time. We're not going to dive in deep on these plants. Let's start with that for nutrition. 
primarily plant-based foods. That doesn't mean you're not eating meat or protein. You know, everyone's diet is going to look a little bit different. But also pause because a lot of people think plants are just vegetables and fruit, but they're not. So maybe we do a whole episode on this soon, but a brief overview of some other examples of plants. Here's our plant system. If it grows from the ground, it's a plant. Fruits, veggies, legumes. Beans. Beans. Is that a legume? I don't know. Um, and so those are just straight up one plant point for each of those. If it's an herb, something you're just throwing on a food, something you're throwing on a protein, you get a quarter point for an herb. So plus 0.4 for garlic, pepper. So you're throwing salt on there, some thyme, whatever it is. Those are plus four quarters. That's plus one from just sprinkling four herbs on one piece of protein. And to make this a little more of a goal to aim for, we shoot for 30 different plants per week for our clients. And it sounds like a lot, especially if you're like, what, like 30 different. Especially if you start counting now and you're at like seven. Yeah. So uh, tune into what Josh just, just said. Sorry, I got a new <laughs> Invisalign trade today and I have a little bit of a lisp, but, um, you know, they can't tell. just like, look, <laughs> shut up. Look at what you're doing currently, first of all, and maybe increase by like two new plants per week. Um, you don't have to make these these big jumps to if hit 30. If you're at seven, you can increase by more than two. Okay. If you're at like 15 or 20, aim for two and keep climbing the ladder. Two, even two a day. I mean, I think that's all something that we can do is just buying a couple new things at the grocery store that maybe you don't always get, whether it's a different kind of vegetable or a different type of potato. Um, and the purpose of this is to obviously get variety in your diet because that's going to be beneficial for your gut health. Um, but also, when we're focusing on eating all of these whole foods as our majority of our intake, your fiber levels are naturally going to be much higher in where they likely should be compared to somebody who's eating a lot of processed food. So one of the biggest struggles that I see with clients and even every time I share my meals and what I'm hitting for fiber on Instagram, you guys are like, I don't understand how you're getting 30 grams of fiber per day. That's the minimum. That's what you should be doing every single day. So if you're not doing that, that's just telling us that, you know, you're not eating enough whole foods in general. 100%. And it's the reason we put a number on plants, different plants, is because like you kind of touched on, it's good for our, you know, our gut health. So that's fiber diversity and overall micronutrient diversity. So we're avoiding those micronutrient deficiencies by consuming different things that contain different vitamins. But each different species of gut microbiota, so those magical little bacterial powerhouses within our gut, there's more microbiota, microbiota, more bacterial cells in our body than human cells. Those things all do a bunch of amazing different things. And if you aren't feeding that specific microbe with a specific type of fiber, it dies off and it's not performing that benefit for your body. So what we're doing by increasing diversity is increasing the amount of or the species of microbiota that we are feeding and getting those additional benefits from. So this isn't just digestive health. You know, this is overall health. It's hormone regulation. It's, you know, energy balance. It's mood regularity, performance, recovery. All these things we're talking about. Microbiota can literally produce vitamins and hormones. So if we're feeding as many as we can, we're getting more of those benefits. If we're not, we're not getting those. So on top of that, like you just said, we're also increasing whole food uh, consumption and decreasing processed food consumption, which just has a whole host of anti-inflammatory benefits in itself. So that's kind of the main gist of that. It's, you know, figure out where you're at as far as fiber intake, as far as overall, overall plant intake, what those numbers look like. 20 grams per day of fiber, I'd say is the absolute minimum. There should not be a single day that ever falls below that number. 
if it does, you have a lot of work to do, but that's okay. You're focusing on that. You're not aware of it and you can move forward. If you're not sure how to increase your plants, let's say you're already at 15 or 20. That's a fantastic place to start. Now that you're aware, you can work up to 30 and you're not going to get to that without being aware of what you're currently eating and then actively choosing different foods. So you go out, you do your regular grocery haul, you're at 20 plants per day already or per day per week already. Um, and then you can just say, okay, I haven't had this before. Go grab five new things from the produce aisle to help you get up to that next level and do that every single week. With that, you're eventually going to get to that 30 plant threshold and you're going to feel the results, you know, the benefits of that within a couple of weeks. Honestly, within a couple of days, to be honest, Usually. like I think about how we used to eat and, you know, if it fits your macros, just focused on macros and didn't focus on the quality of our food. And I feel so much younger, more lively, more energetic, just better overall. Digestion is better than I did 10 years, 10 years ago. So, um, you know, it's important and you sure we do focus on macros and we focus on the right amounts of foods for your body and for your goals, but quality also matters. So as a nutrition sort of general outline recap, 30 plants per week, pretty 30, simple, 30 That's, plants per week. That's it. If you take one thing from the plants pillar, 30 plants per week. Yep. But I say plants, the nutrition pillar and a little more context. So we're going to kind of dive into this as we go, but encompassing the, the SDE method, which we're going to talk about here the last couple of weeks alone, but the past year we've, we've been working on this, but the past couple of weeks alone, really fine tuning what the SDE method looks like for me specifically. This past weekend was the most energy I've had since high school. I would say it was the most productive weekend I've had in my entire life. We were talking about at dinner. Um, the past two weekends, we've planted 60 trees, planted a garden, mulched that garden in front of the, the porch painted the front door, painted the pillars. Like it was go, 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 go. Cleaned out our Just storage unit. Cleaned out the storage unit. Like 90% of that was this past weekend, like Saturday and Sunday. And we grown, we were grinding through from sunup to sundown. And I was tired by the end of the day, but I wouldn't have had the energy to do all that had all these things not been in these pillars. And I wouldn't have had these things in line and been as consistent with them without following the guidelines of the SDE method. Not so, only that, but we've been waking up the following day feeling energized and ready to go. Which like, never happened. Never happened before. So just a quick little uh, anecdotal evidence that the SDE method is a magical thing. So moving on, um, that's the nutrition side. and Training. Training side is next. So your training really has to be obviously something that aligns with the specific goals you have, whether that is increasing your strength, increasing your muscle mass, improving your cardio endurance, <clears throat> just, you know, improving your general health and well-being. whatever it is that you're focusing on, your training has to, to an extent, support that. But at the same time, you also have to enjoy your training or it's, you're not going to last long-term with whatever you're doing. So it has to be something that you mentally enjoy and are excited for on a daily basis and that might not always be a high level of excitement sometimes there are days where we have to push through but you should for the most part enjoy what you are doing as far as exercise goes 100 percent, and it's going to look a little different for everyone so some may choose to lift weights some may choose to run some may choose to bike some may choose to hike the point of progressive overload is you're progressing over time. So that's not just getting stronger. It's not just adding volume in the form of additional sets in the weight room. It's running faster. 
it's running longer. It's increasing things that you measure as progress. And it's not just doing the same thing over and over and over because your body adapts and you stop getting those benefits. You stop progressing and moving forward. And with everything you just said, no matter what your favorite way to train is, usually let's say you're an endurance athlete, strength training, even just two days per week will benefit that directly. And on the flip side, if you are somebody who, you know, solely focuses on building muscle, you still should be doing some sort of cardio for your heart health, whether that be going for hikes or walks or a run, or it doesn't have to be slaving away on the elliptical or the Stairmaster. But, you know, you have to sort of balance both ends of the spectrum here to feel your best. And, you know, we get to a point where, it can be more specific. Like if you're somebody like I used to train for powerlifting, um, you know, but I still would go out for hikes with my dad twice a week. And I, I still did cardio in hindsight, even though it wasn't traditional cardio and I was the strongest I've ever been. So you can be all into one thing, but make sure you're still supplementing that thing with the other side of the spectrum for either improvements in your performance or for health and well-being improvements. Absolutely. And to give you some kind of general baseline, because again, this has to fit your lifestyle. So if you choose, okay, I'm going to work out six days a week, but realistically you're only getting in three or four, it's, it's going to frustrate you more than you're going to progress with it. So a minimum we say to aim for is three days per week. As far as general resistance training, you know, cardio should be a little more frequent, um, but it doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Can, you know, if you can get in three or four, you know, higher intensity days, as far as moderate intensity to some, some higher intensity or hit, that's ideal. Um, but if you're just say you take a walk on another two or three days a week to get that up to four or five or six days, um, that's just for overall health, for general health, for, you know, heart health, obviously something we try to get in. If you can tack on and you are training, you know, resistance training regularly, tacking on 10 minutes, 15 minutes, at the end of that session with low to moderate intensity. Those are all things that are going to help you kind of check that box. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the ACSM recommends American College of Sports Medicine recommends at least two times per week of resistance training for health benefits. And then their minimum for the cardio side of things is 150 minutes per week. And that can be spread out however you wish. These are things that we should be reaching for. Um, obviously on the resistance side, that's like a minimum, especially if you have goals of getting stronger and gaining muscle mass. But if you're like brand new to all of this and you aren't really sure what to aim for, those are the parameters that they suggest and that they have set. But as always, start where you are, take baby steps and work your way up to where you want to be. So those are the two easy ones we said, training, nutrition, the other three, mindset, movement, and habits. So what do you want to tack on? What do you want to tackle first? I say we start with movement because we're kind of talking about training. We'll just kind of dive into why that's different than why we put that in a different pillar than training. So most people think, let's say they're even training six days per week. Get my workout in. I'm training for one hour, very hard a day for those six days. I'm good. Check that off. But if you go from the gym directly to work, you're sitting in your chair all day in the office. You come home, you're sitting on the couch, eating dinner binging Netflix for the rest of the day. You, the person who trains six days a week, live a sedentary lifestyle. And that is atrocious for your overall health. It's terrible. So we'll see some people, you know, brand new clients come to us and they're training five, six days a week. And their daily steps, which we measure, are coming in at three, four, maybe 5,000 steps per day. 
and that just tells us kind of like viewing fiber intake for nutrition the choices you're making throughout the day are not ideal now if you are locked in the office all day it's understandable can you get out for a 10 minute walk at lunch can you take the stairs can you park far you know out in the parking lot before work after work can you get a longer walk in what can you do to get to a, an adequate number of, of daily steps per day so to get that average up so you know again we have clients starting at all spectrums ideally we want to work them up to an average of 7000 steps per day you hear 10000 as that magic number but you see if you kind of picture this on a bell curve the benefits of movement as far as steps per day kind of peaks as far as um aggressive rate of increase at 7000 that kind of levels off as, as you get higher than that so ideally you can get up a little more than that you're going to continue to see more benefits from more than that but the greatest the most the most efficient rate of increase is kind of up to that 7000 step per day peak and then it levels off and continues increasing very slightly from that point yeah like you said we see this a lot with people who work in an office building or you know have really high stress jobs at a computer um believe it or not what josh and i do what we do for work is a sedentary job so you know most of our work with our clients is on our computer we're sitting right now podcasting anytime we're you know filming stuff aside from our workouts it's usually sitting or editing or doing something behind a computer so it's really important to either you know schedule in five to ten minute walk breaks throughout the day or you can do one longer one before or after or before and after work to get that movement in but no matter how you break it up, it's something that needs to be a non-negotiable every single day for you to feel your best. Because I will tell you right now when, you know, there are days and weeks where I have been more sedentary, my energy drops, my recovery drops, everything is affected by that. And I just feel so much more I, I can think more clearly when I move more and I can it just adds so much more value to all areas of my life. So if you're somebody who's on that lower end right now, do what you can to get more movement in in small amounts throughout the day, even if you have to set an alarm on your phone to remind you at first, um, which you probably will, because until it's a habit, it's going to feel awkward and it's going to feel like it's it's got to be forced. But it's something that we value the importance of so much that we made it its own pillar so it's not just something to brush off to the side because you do go hard in the gym for that one hour per day six days per week it's something that is just as important as that one hour per day six days per week yeah i'm glad you said habit so i'm going to touch on that in a second but think about how we've evolved over time what you know we're seeing more and more increases not only in diseases and in chronic inflammation and things like that but in the diversity of those things so you know, what are some things we've seen increase along that timeline is, you know, more sedentary lifestyles, just working is more convenient. We can do more from home. We can do more in the office. We're on our computer more. So we're moving less. We're eating more sugar. That's a whole other different thing. A lot of processed foods. But the big reason we put this in as a pillar is because we're just not moving as much as we should be. And we're not thinking about it. It's not, it's not a concern because we think because we're training six days a week, five days a week, whatever it is. The movement box is checked but looking at the numbers you know we've had thousands of clients at this point over the course of seven years we can see that most people especially when they come to us initially are not even meeting that seven thousand step threshold which isn't that much so you know i was typically around seven to ten thousand you and your, your parents have always been a little higher because you hike a lot this past weekend was 
30,000 steps a day, <laughs> literally like 30 to 35,000 steps a day. So it's not hard to do when you're moving. You don't have to move 30,000 steps. That's a, that's a crazy weekend. Um, but just being more active, taking walks with the kids, doing hikes, doing active activities with the family as opposed to going to see a movie, just making, making it fun to move are things that we don't think about. And going back to the habits, this is a whole other pillar we're going to dive into in a minute. But a habit and a goal are synergistic. So a lot of people kind of confuse them. They use them as the same thing. A goal is where we want to end up. So, you know, it could be weight loss goal for the purpose of this example. A goal would be 7,000 steps per day. That's our goal to reach that. A habit is the little step that helps us get to that point. So we have to choose for that movement habit. We have to choose what that movement habit is going to be, whether it's going to be a morning walk after breakfast, before breakfast, breakfast, after work, at your lunch break. If you want to wake up in the morning and do 30 jumping jacks just to get yourself moving, that checks that habit box. That checks that movement habit box, gets you moving, creates additional activity that you weren't otherwise going to do. But the point is to make it automatic. It's a daily non-negotiable. And ideally, it's something that's going to be fun. Yeah. So moving right into habits, since you kind of crossed over there anyway, that's the next pillar. And like Josh just said, it's so important regardless of who we're working with, what they're working towards, your habits are everything. Your habits are things that you do every day that are non-negotiable and that really just add value and are, are things that you can do really no matter the situation. So I would say there are very, very few, if any, instances where you can't meet your habits. Um, and usually if you're not meeting your habits, it, they're not habits yet, but you're also not being intentional about meeting them. So these are the tiny things that we focus on with our clients. Like for example, those of you who follow me on Instagram, you know that I wake up and I post my little poll on stories for you, for anybody who drank their water before their coffee. First thing, that's their little, our little water check-in. I got to start following you on Instagram. That, you're so annoying. That is a habit, waking up, drinking your water first thing in the morning. That is a positive habit that is adding value to your day. It's helping your digestion. It's helping you start the day with water, which is something that we should all be doing. And it's a, a very tiny thing that can build momentum for the rest of the entire day. This one and mindset is close. Those are my two favorite pillars. This one might be my favorite just because of... See, I'm saying the same thing about mindset and habits, but just because of the power of establishing a habit, one tiny little habit will literally change your life. If you have no habits right now and you can start a habit of saying, as soon as my feet touch the floor, I'm going to chug a glass of water and I'm going to make my bed. That's two habits in one. That's habit stacking, but that will change your life. Those two things have just given you structure and they're going to build positive momentum. And once you decide those two things or habits or what other, you know, list of habits that you want to have, as you check those off, there's a positive feeling that's associated with that. We call them positive momentum builders because you feel good about having checked that habit off and now you're looking for more things to do that are positive and it will continue building your momentum and continue you know, riding that wave up to the top. These are basic, basic little things. When we talk about habits, daily non-negotiables and automatic, the way that you make it automatic and a daily non-negotiable is to make it so easy to do that you have no excuse to miss it. If you put a glass of water on your nightstand, and you say, I'm going to drink this the moment I stand up in the morning, and you don't do it, you have to ask yourself why. Why did you just walk past your glass? You didn't feel like it? Was it really that hard to drink that? Yeah. So that is a perspective shift, and it's shift 
and your mindset, which we're, you're going to see these all kind of flow into each other. Mindset's next. It's a mindset that says, I told myself I was going to drink this water. I'm going to drink it. And you feel good when you're done with that. And you move on to your next habit. And more good things continue happening throughout the day. So these, these habits are a part of this process because they're the foundation for everything you're going to do for the rest of your life. You're not going to train the same way for the rest of your life. You're not going to eat the same way for the rest of your life. You're not going to move the same way for the rest of your life in most cases. If you're a professional rock climber, you're probably not going to do that when you're 90. You can probably keep walking though. What we're doing with these habits in a less extreme example is let's say we go on vacation. We're not going to eat on our diet, most likely, if you want to enjoy it to the fullest extent. We're not going to train, most likely, on or our vacation. Or train exactly how we would train at home. Right. You might bring some dumbbells or some bands or go for a run or something. But the point is, by checking off the same habits, because they're daily non-negotiables, whether you're at home, whether you're on vacation, whether you're anywhere else in the world, these are daily non-negotiables. That doesn't mean you do them when you feel like them. It means you do them every day because they're so small and they're so easy to do. So let's say you have a daily habit of your morning water. Let's say you have a daily habit of you know, a walk after breakfast. There's no time on that. It could be three minutes, could be five minutes. You walk after breakfast. That's your next habit. Throw another one out. Cold shower. Cold shower. Cold shower first thing in the morning before your walk maybe. Let's just say those three things. So you wake up, drink your glass of water. You take your cold shower and you do your walk. And let's throw in some plants. Let's say you have, your next habit is a plant with each meal. Remember, it could be anything that grows from the ground. If you can't do anything else, you have a handful of blueberries, boom, check that off. A couple of strawberries, boom, check that off. So morning glass of water, daily cold shower, morning walk, a plant at every meal. You do those four things, you're going to feel fantastic throughout your entire vacation. You're going to hit the ground running again when you get back. Let's say you're on a plan and you took the week off for your vacation, you come back. You're going to feel much better. You're going to have a much more um, solid starting point. You're not going to have, you know, whatever jet lag. You might have jet lag, but you might not feel like as shitty as you would have had you not focused on anything. You just drank all week. You didn't move. You slept on the beach. You do those four simple things. I promise you, you are going to feel 10 times better than had you had no habits throughout that trip. And they didn't take away from your trip. All of those habits combined took four minutes, primarily because of the walk and the shower. And everything else is just there in less than 10 seconds. Habits really diminish the idea that you can fall off your entire plan of health. <laughs> like, yes, your training and nutrition might look different during a time like a vacation or a harder phase of life. But if you can still focus on your habits during all of the different seasons of life, you're still winning. You're still progressing. You're still adding value to your life in these small ways that build the momentum so that when you are able and ready to then, you know, get back on your training and nutrition, it's that much easier. There's a reason this is so important. And we, we talk about all five different things, but the reason we're so hyped up on habits is because we talk about with new clients that up and down roller coaster that they rode until they got to us, you know, did really well tanked, did really well, tanked, did really well, tanked. Well, what's the average of that roller coaster? It's right in the middle. So you've been in that middle ground for five, 10, 15 years, however long it's been, you haven't progressed because you do well and you fall off and you have to start over and get back to that median again. With these habits instilled, when you're not focusing on training specific, you know, going really hard in your routine, you just need some time away. When you're not focusing on a specific diet, you know, that's typically when we kind of ride the roller coaster back down. But with these habits in place, you stay steady. So whatever you just peaked at, 
you're going to maintain that a whole lot easier or a lot closer to that peak, not the meeting, but the peak because you kept these things in place. Had you just focused on nothing, you fall all the way back down to the bottom and you work back up to the middle again. By starting at your previous peak or very close to a lot closer than you would have been, the next time you start an actual phase, a more specific plan, a more specific diet, you can climb a little higher and then you maintain it again with your principles and then a little higher and you maintain it again with those principles. Those principles are your habits. You keep those in regardless of the phase that you're in and you're going to keep cruising throughout this process. No more up and down, just slower if, if that's where you're at, but steady and efficient progress. On to mindset. Yeah, so mindset really ties everything we mentioned so far together. So I would say, I mean, I'm not going to say one pillar is more important than the others, but this is one that often people miss and that often really is the reason why you have not been able to either see progress or sustain progress in the long term. Do you agree? Of course. So when it comes to mindset, you know, what are we focusing on with our clients for their for improving their mindset? What are we focusing on or what am I pulling teeth for right now? <laughs> what are we focusing on? We're focusing on some type of mindfulness. So, you know, whether that's, you know, a silent walk, whether it's a minute of focused breathing, what I'm fighting for with every single one of my clients is 10 minutes of meditation. And the entire world is going to be doing this in less than 10 years once everyone understands the importance of this because you know you're hearing things about sauna exposure you're hearing things about cold exposure and we're hearing things about my or, uh, meditation right now they're slowly trickling out people have been doing these things for many 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 years we just started studying the effects of them. The, the the studies are coming out with that data people are trying to st- are starting to see what that is they're profound and as far as longevity which is what we've really shifted towards if we if we've made a shift it's been towards longevity in our shift in our shift in our focus with SD evolution and this is a huge 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 component of that it's a huge foundation of that you can literally change the physical dimensions of your brain in certain areas decreasing the centers for anxiety and depression increasing the centers for attention you know releasing more dopamine all these things that make us feel good and keep us more level-headed throughout the day and we get less emotional and reactive. It's changed my life over the past two years. It's, it's a daily non-negotiable. It's a, it's a habit for me. It's something I've, I've always done myself and felt really good about. In the past one to two months, I've really been forcing it on other people, which I don't typically including do, me. including you. I don't <laughs> force my beliefs on many people, but... As I'm noticing these profound changes for myself, not just reading the, the data, but actually committing to doing them and feeling the difference. If it was a minimal difference, if it was like, yeah, I, f- I feel good, I feel pretty good, better than, than I have been by doing these things, I wouldn't be talking about this to everyone else and saying you need to be doing this. I feel, I can't even give you a percentage I for how much I used to be better. the level-headed one in our relationship, I would say. And... That's not a high uh, standard well, for what you were working with. Can you let me finish? Uh-huh. Um, and over the last year, you know, we've gone through a lot of stuff. I have been more reactive. I've, I've been more emotional. Josh has really been the glue holding me together over the last year, year and a half or so, I would say. And I don't know that you would have been had you not been working on this meditation stuff because it has changed you you've done a complete 180 with how you react, 
how you communicate, how you react to just little and big things throughout each day and each week, and just how you continue to positively lift everyone else up. So just witnessing your change is really what made me actually like succumb to you pushing me to actually do it this week because I mean I've been doing it for six days and I'll tell you like I am in a much better headspace than I was a week ago when I had my last little uh, emotional breakdown but it's such a it's a hard pill to swallow at first because you hear like meditation and you think like it's super woo woo and out there and like you don't for me I didn't really understand how to do it right and what the true purpose was like I always felt like I was doing it wrong if that makes sense and Most I think people do. I think that's a common thing so can you sort of just explain what would you say to someone who says they think they're doing it wrong and they just aren't bought into it yet well first of all I was born and raised a hothead so I was taught I don't want to even say this. I was taught to use this for sports. So I was very active in sports throughout my entire life. And I was taught to be angry and use that anger and, you know, channel that rage into production on the field, which I always did. So I took it as a positive and it kind of became a habit into the point where it was no longer positive. When I wasn't channeling that through sports, I was just angry all the time. And it's very aggressive in situations that didn't call for aggression and it just, there was no off switch. I was, I was always angry and this kind of beca- became a focus two or three years ago. I'm like, yeah, this is something I need to work on. I'd like to meditate. You know, I'd like to take these steps. I saved in my phone a note that just popped up every day just on my reminders on my iPhone. Anger is an addiction. So I am used to being angry. I am drawn to that emotion and I look for reasons to be angry and it doesn't go away. So when you have a week, a good week, a good month, whatever, it doesn't go away. It's never, it's never gone. It's something you have to constantly focus on and learn how to handle and channel in the right way. And you can do that. It gets easier, but it has to be a daily practice. And that's kind of where meditation came in. If you think it's woo-woo, I mean, do it for a week and then come back to me. It's, it's not a situation where you're picturing yourself sleeping on a beach or floating on a cloud. Like You're not doing that. You, that's the opposite of meditation because you're thinking about something that's not currently in front of you. The concept of meditation is to improve performance under pressure. Marines are doing this, you know, the highest military people in the world are doing this is this is a focus on mindfulness. They've got mindfulness training in their programs to make sure they can perform under pressure there. Their brains can function the right way. They can process information. They can make critical decisions when lives are at stake. Like, do I attack this camp on top of this mountain? Does it look like it's just, you know, some farmers or is this a specific uh, military operation? They need to be able to think under pressure as far as, you know, do we go in? friendly or do we go in gunslinging? They can't do that if they're not trained in mindfulness and focus on the present moment of processing information from a stable place. So in myself personally, I'm just, I'm less emotional, I'm less reactive. I can process information without getting angry and I can actually take a a situation and perspective where I previously couldn't do that. But as far as doing it right or wrong, there's not really a wrong way to do it. It's just where we think we're not good at it is actually the practice. So you want, not that you want to become distracted, but you're going to become distracted. That is the strength of that's, that's the bench press of, of the mindfulness of the meditational practice. You become distracted. You notice you're distracted. You come back to the breath. People have been doing this for their entire lives. If they can go seven to 10 seconds without a distraction, that's fantastic. So it's not like you're going this entire process without distraction. 
you're going to continue to become distracted over and over and over. But by just acknowledging the distraction, I am thinking, I have a thought, whatever you want to say as it comes up or shrug it off, then come back to the breath, follow the breath. If you want to do a body scan, you're focusing on different areas throughout your body. It gives you something to kind of focus on within the moment. What that's doing again, again is increasing attention. So, you know, as you're focusing on a project or doing something for work or for sports, you have a better processing you know, ability to do those things, but you're also getting more enjoyment out of everything that you're doing in life. And this is something that once I hit my level of consistency that I'm at now, like it's just been the, the best part. Like I can sit outside and look at a tree. We just planted 60 fucking trees, <laughs> not even exaggerating. It's 60 trees plus some other shit. I can just find enjoyment looking at a window or standing in front of a bush or a tree looking at it. Like I planted this. Felt good to plant this. It looks good. I mean, I could, I could spend 10 minutes doing that and actually have as much fun as if I was playing basketball. That same level. Like it's not adrenaline and you just feel good. And you can get that at anything. Playing a game with your kid, reading a book, drinking tea on your porch or on your couch, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, you don't have to do these crazy things to be enjoying to be enjoying that sentence, mm-hmm. to be enjoying life. Um, I am not a Buddhist. I have found a great deal of interest in reading books about Buddhism also along this journey. Um, and then one of the things, one of the books that I'm reading right now, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not going to, <laughs> but it's called You Are Here. He's not the Dalai Lama, but he's like... He's the, one of the, the most well-known... M- well-known Zen teachers. Yes. Mindfulness teachers. And Finn, I'm going to try to say this. Thin Nich Han. I don't Fitch, think that's right. Nin Han. Mm. Um, I apologize. I'm very sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I'm about a chapter in, and it's it's kind of all about that. So it's you know, is the first concept he's talking about is, as you breathe in, think I am breathing in. As you breathe out, think I am breathing out. That's mindfulness breathing. That's that's the practice. That's one form of meditation. But he kind of goes into this. There's being present, being aware. You're, he calls it, you know, mindfulness is the, the kingdom of God is what he says over and over and over in this book. What he means by that is kind of what I just talked about. You get enjoyment out of everything that you do by being present in the moment. That's not all that he says. He's talking about, you know, you need suffering, you need pain so you can develop compassion. So I'm not saying everything is fantastic, but you're just aware. You're aware of the present moment. You're not watching TV. You're not zoning out and melting your brain. You're not distracted. You're not distracted. You are living your life in the moment, and you're also not worrying. So this is the next big thing. It's not that you don't have worries, but if you can come back to the moment, you're not worrying about what happened in the past. You're not worrying about what might happen in the future. You're living in the present. You're making decisions based on the present. You're not borrowing that worry. So your level of stress is automatically coming down because if you have all these things on your mind, you're worried about those things. You're stressed about those things. But with those same situations happening, but you're sitting here listening to this podcast right now, are you worried about something right now? Are you immediately in danger right now? Is there something threatening you right now? No? Okay, well, your stress is a whole lot lower by living right here and right now, not 10 minutes ago, not 10 minutes in the future, but literally right in front of you. So that's the basic concept on, uh, on mindset and mindfulness and meditation, and that was probably my long-winded answer to two very simple questions. That's okay. It got the point across, and, you know, at the end of the day, your mindset affects everything, if you didn't catch that from anything Josh just said. But 
this applies to all of the other pillars. It applies to every single thing in your life. So by us helping you reframe your mindset around certain issues, whether it's related to the specific goals that you have or not, it's improving your life in a small or big way. And that's really our goal with it. So Hopefully that was a good summary of the five pillars. I think that we can probably make a separate podcast for each of the five pillars, but we probably will. But real quick on the mindset. So if you were to implement these things, if you were to implement, you know, mindful breathing, meditation specifically, you know, where do you start? I mentioned, you know, I think I think I mentioned 10 minutes a day, daily non-negotiable. More than that is ideal. If you can start with one minute of focused breathing, work that up to a few minutes by the next week. You know, work up to that threshold where you're at a minimum of 10 minutes per day, but don't feel like if, you know, you're, you're fidgety the whole time and it's super uncomfortable that you have to stretch this out to 10 minutes from day one, get one, two, three minutes in, do that every single day and try to do it at the same time of day. Make that a part of your routine, build that in as a habit somewhere specific. So that is a dedicated time slot, like a doctor's appointment. Always do it at that, at that time and build on that, build on that, work it up. The more you can do, the better. Absolutely. So that wraps up the little recap of where we have been, what the SDE method is. The five pillars, the training, five pillars. nutrition, mindset, movement, habits. And these are all things that we've been focusing on with our clients. And I would say the feedback has been tremendous. They really enjoy answering the new questions we've put in, the habits that we have them focus on. And it's just really cool to see it sort of play out the way that we hoped and expected it would. But also like we're really excited doing it. It's, it's something fun. that feels really fun and exciting for us to do as coaches. So I mean, we touched on it. This is something where we've always focused on improving health and, you know, aesthetics and performance all increasing. You know, we've really, like I said, if we've made a shift, it's been towards longevity. What we mean by that is living more years in our prime. So it's not like, oh, I just want to live to be 150. I want to live to be running around at 120, 130 years old, swimming, playing, being active, having energy. In our lifetime, that's possible, but you need to start taking the steps now or you're not going to see that. You know, there are ways that, you know, therapies that are coming out that are reversing some diseases. So, you know, there is optimism regardless of the situation, but to get yourself to a point where you don't necessarily need those or you want to cut out your risk of cancer, cut out your risk of Alzheimer's, all these crazy things that can happen. If you have the right lifestyle factors in place, regardless of whether or not you're on a plan, you can live a longer, healthier, happier life. You can have more energy. You can feel good. You can re-enter your prime. If you're not in your prime right now, you can get back to that by making simple changes. So that's what we're working on our clients, with our clients. So that's that's the foundation of what we're doing. Same kind of concepts we've always done. We are still focusing on overall health. We're also still focusing on improving performance and aesthetics. But I would say our passion has really driven into the longevity side of things. And these are the, the reasons the pillars are really outlined as guidelines. So if these are things that you want some help with, reach out to SD Evolution, you know, jump in uh, the SD Evolution Instagram or sdevolution.com, sd-evolution.com. You can apply for coaching. Notes. It's linked in the show notes as well. You can apply for coaching. If you want to dip your toes in, if you're not quite ready for either that financial investment or taking that big shift, you know, we recommend that first and foremost, obviously, because it's personalized coaching, but we also have a couple apps. We've got the Mindful Movement Collective just to make the, the training side of things easier for you and, you know, less thinking making sure you're following along with progressive overload. We've got some very fun things that are also developing on the back end for both the mindful movement and mindful macros collectives. Um, big shift on both sides. The mindful macros collective is a different software. That's essentially our one-to-one -one client coaching portal minus the one-to-one -one side. So you're mm -hmm. going to measure certain things. 
you're going to answer certain questions. That's more of a like a, a, a self-coached, a, a guided pace. journal. It's a yeah. guided journal. Yeah. Uh, for those answers, but you can see the data. We're also going to be dripping some tools in on that side. So again, some very cool things on the back end that are developing that I'll be sharing with you guys soon. But if you're looking for actionable steps, you know those are some places you can go to get started. And you know, we'll, whether we're working with you personally or you're just in the community, you're gonna have access to us. We still do Zoom calls on the Mindful Macros Collective. So again, a lot of cool things happening. But that is the overview of the SDE method. Those five pillars. You've got some steps you can take today. And honestly, guys, don't wait. This is your health. This is not something that you listen to this podcast today and you'll say, oh, okay, that was really cool. I'm going to start that like next week or next month or when the timing feels a little bit more right. If you didn't get anything from this episode, it, the time is now. You have your body now. You have your health to focus on now. And that might not be something you always have to focus on. So take advantage of it and implement these small changes and it can make a huge difference to your entire life write down one thing for each of the pillars that you could do just one one simple thing whether if that's the only thing you do you don't reach out to us you don't reach out to anybody else the one thing you take from this episode write down one thing for each of those pillars that you could do to improve your overall health and i promise you're going to feel it but with that we're going to wrap it up here where can they find you i'm at alessandra skutnik i'm at josh skutnik everything else is linked in the show notes catch you guys in the next one 